Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So did you see it? The footage of the incident with the Russian fighter jets harassing oh, yeah. our military drone that ended up in the sea? I did. They're just buzzing and they're dumping stuff on it. I think I saw a beer can get thrown out. Man, it was crazy. They Several. were mocking. Mm-hmm. Several eggs, some silly string. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. By the way, uh, they were going over this, of course, on Good Morning America. Martha Raddatz on the story. Oh, yeah, of course. I've got a clip of uh, Lloyd Austin, Defense Secretary. Mm -hmm. But if you want, I can give you some of her play-by-play. Oh, sure. Of of what had happened. Yeah. Okay, we'll go ahead and roll that out. At high speed, approaching the drone from behind (laughs) and dumping a load of fuel on top of it, momentarily disrupting the video transmission. But you can clearly see the rear propeller. A second approach follows. Another load of fuel, this time even closer. And the drone's camera feed is then lost for about 60 seconds. When the video returns, you see the propeller again, damaged, bent by that close pass. One of 19 passes over a 30-minute period. 19 passes. Dang. They're just messing with that thing. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you see all of that. Obviously, it's on purpose. And then you get the words from our defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. Before the drone crashed into the sea. Dangerous and reckless and unprofessional behavior. Defense What? Yes. Like, there are, rule- there are no rules here. There are no <laughs> rules. You want rules? There aren't any. What, ru- what is he talking about? I'm not sure. Dangerous and reckless and unprofessional behavior. Unprofessional. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. Do we all agree they did this on purpose? Yeah. Okay. So when they drop bombs on Ukraine, is that is that one of those things? Is that an unprofessional? Is that unprofessional? You know, it's unprofessional to drop bombs. I mean, that's just military brass speak, though. I mean, that's what they okay. do all the time. It does sound funny, though. It's just an unprofessional thing. It was kind of like when they were trying to say that a bunch of Chinese spy balloons flew over the U.S. during the Trump administration, except. They didn't find out about it until a Chinese spy balloon gave us a rectal exam. Yes. It was weird. I mean, it was all basically fake news. But anyway, uh, remember what they called it, why we missed the balloons coming into U.S. airspace. It was a domain awareness gap. (laughs) I love military brass speak. I really do. But unprofessional, that was the one that got me. Well, apparently the... Pilots tested positive for HGH. Oh, see, <laughs> very unprofessional, very unfair advantage. Yes, yeah. and the report goes on. The first since October, delivering a strong message. And the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows. It is incumbent upon Russia to operate its military aircraft in a safe and professional manner. I okay. That's not quite. My idea of strongly worded, <laughs> and, and that could be me. Is that yours? No, I'm strongly, asking, um, 
strongly worded is, hey, you start buzzing our stuff again, where we are legally allowed to fly, you are legally allowed to fly as well. If you start buzzing us again, we are going to take it down. That's strongly worded. That's what I would think. Yes. But actually, I'm not surprised. You know what? I wasn't even planning on playing this part of the report, but you brought up (laughs) the Chinese balloon. Yeah. You know, as this report goes on. An official telling ABC News the Russians have recovered some pieces, but Joint Chiefs Chairman Milley says he is not worried. It probably broke up. Uh, There's probably not a lot to recover, frankly. Uh, As far as uh, the loss of anything of sensitive uh, intelligence, etc., as normal, we would take, uh, and we did, take uh, mitigating measures. Uh, So we are quite confident that whatever, uh, whatever was of value is no longer of value. Okay. But when we were going to go get the balloon out of the sea here, we were going to be able to capture all that stuff. Because <laughs> the Chinese don't know how to destroy stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're to believe that. Yeah. What the heck is that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe there, Honestly, maybe there is a logical explanation to that that I just don't know. But as just a common person watching this play out, it's like, well, wait a second. That doesn't seem the same thing that we were saying when we just let the balloon just roll across yeah. the United States. He's saying this, it's in too many pieces, right? Isn't that what he's he's pretending to say or trying to say? I guess. Yeah. So, Well, he's saying that it's probably, you know, sunk down. But they're you bad. know, quite a ways. Yeah. They're bad, well, bad at puzzles. They can't get a piece that's bad. <laughs> Gosh dang it. You can reconstruct a 747 that blows up in, the, in midair with bits and pieces, but you can't this. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Uh. Kamala Harris, moving on, did what in an interview? You oh, know, they're yeah. bringing her back out. They're yeah, trying they to save her career right now. Yeah, they, they accidentally, or she accidentally, called Barack Obama a moron. Really? This is interesting, man. So the, the backstory here is uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has ruffled some feathers even among Republicans because of a comment he made about Ukraine. This was in response to a questionnaire that Tucker Carlson has sent out to potential Republican presidential nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, while the U.S. has many vital national interests, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. Uh, that's what DeSantis said. And he said, well, look, yeah, F-16s and whatnot, that's off the table. In my opinion, That's that should be off the table. Well, right. uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was asked about that comment on Stephen Colbert's show. Oh. So... As vice president, I have now met with over 100 world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, and kings. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, sometimes interruptions are annoying. I apologize. You're, you're doing all right, Scott. No, I'm the not. rolling of the eyes. Well, I, can you still see straight after that? <laughs> she's met with over, kings. I mean, 100. Yes, she's a big player, okay? I know a lot of times big players don't need to tell you they're big players because you already know she needs to let you know. Yeah. Big player. And when you have had the experience of meeting (laughs) and and understanding the significance, again, of international rules and norms and the importance of the United States of America. Okay. Standing firm and clear about the significance of sovereignty and territorial integrity. Get to the the point. Golly, rip it up. Got a life to lead here. What has she said so far? I, I, I have no idea. Okay, keep going. The significance of standing firm against any nation that would try to take by force another nation 
If you really understand oh, the issues, you probably would not make statements like that. Well, this is the funny thing, uh, and this has been making the rounds. Um, there was a piece in 2016 published in The Atlantic called The Obama Doctrine, where mm-hmm. they talked about the Russian invasion of Crimea yeah. and how Barack Obama didn't really want to do anything about it, including holding up weapons transfers. Didn't even yes. want to get involved in that. And in this piece, it reads, uh, Obama believes that Ukraine is a core Russian interest, but not an American one. So Russia will be always be able to maintain escalatory dominance there. The, 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 the fact is that Ukraine, <laughs> which is a non-NATO country, is going to be vulnerable to military domination by Russia, no matter what we do, said Obama. That's pretty good, Obama. Yeah. I need some practice on that. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard you do Obama before. First time. (laughs) I'd say pretty worthy. But it's like, I I mean, DeSantis isn't even going that far into isolationist territory. Uh, But it's interesting now hearing Democrats saying, how dare you not want to, you know, send billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine? And how dare you just call it a territorial dispute? That was the Democratic Party line for years. Of course. Yes. The other part of it, man, when you look at the polling, Americans don't want to get deeper into this thing. Right. They really don't. But if you say it out loud, you're a tool of Putin. Yes. That's where they go now. It is. With everybody. Automatically. Yep. Well, the brainwashing is very effective. Dude, you've said this many times, David, from the very start of Russia invading Ukraine. And the way, especially legacy media, and not just in the United States, all over the world, have made Zelensky into this modern-day hero. While forgetting, this was voted the most corrupt country in the world. How many years out of ten? Three or four? Always in the top three. The corruption runs deep. And not only are we giving them weapons, we're funding their pensions. We're (laughs) funding their budget. And we're freaking broke. Yeah, That's, I think, the biggest problem with people in the United States. It's, oh, we got a huge border issue. I mean, you got, what, well over 60% of Americans now saying, hey, the cartels should be called terrorists. I mean, we got a huge issue. We got problems here. Yeah, there's a couple of sweet, sweet banks who'd like to have some of that dough. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're getting it because we're just printing more, mm-hmm. which never seems to end. You know, if... Kamala Harris, if the government was run like a professional sports team, they'd put her on waivers tomorrow. Wait, here's the thing, I mean, she'd man. go unclaimed. You'd have to eat the contract, but hey. Yes. Well, David, I know you follow this stuff probably closer than any of us. You know, through Politico and the, you know, always the conversations going on behind the scenes of what's going on. And the Democratic Party huge Kamala Harris problem, and they've known it, and they've been trying to plan what can we do about this, and now it seems some leadership are saying, hey, we all got to get behind her. And I think that's why she was out there on Colbert's show, and people are trying to defend her and say, hey, Biden's going to be the guy, but there's still plenty of Democrats saying, we can't win with this guy again. Look, he can't get a sentence out. So just watching you know, where all that goes is going to be very interesting. I did see this story. Uh, drag story hour. It's all over the United States. They have one in New York that's going to be hosted by New York Attorney General Letitia James. She's fantastic, too. 
but now there's going to be some competition from libs of TikTok. <laughs> what? Chaya Rachik, who is the person that's always been running libs of TikTok, um, advertised her own story hour event this weekend, she said, is going to be just down the street. She said, protect your kids and come hear an important message at an event that's actually family-friendly. And I saw that, and I thought, you know what? A lot of people can just lay back and sort of watch the culture wars fight out and watch uh, culture get more and more insane all the time. And this woman is doing something about it. Once she's now the face of this and she is now a public figure, she's not hiding. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it is. And I think that's way more effective than showing up and protesting somewhere. I mean, to actually just offer a counter event. Yes. It's positive. I mean, how how can you possibly say, like, oh, this is... There's no way to spin this as something that's hostile towards any of the alphabet mafia community. Right. And there's no way... It's just, hey, we're going to have our own story hour, and you're not going to see grown men dressed as women gyrating in front of kids. Correct. By the way, Rachel has a book, No More Secrets, The Candy Cavern, being advertised as a conservative tale that promises to be... A modern twist to the familiar Grimm-style fairy tale, oh, man. even including a big bad wolf. <laughs> I think we all know who the big bad wolf is. <laughs> but they don't. I don't think they want to eat your children. They <laughs> just want them to transition or have sex with them. Yeah, dressed like Carmen Miranda. <laughs> so that was pretty cool, man. There's a whole lot of stuff to get to today, including two people arrested, one officer injured protesters of a Charlie Kirk event. Straight away. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Yeah, there's a lot of serious stuff going on. You got you to keep your sense of humor. Yeah, you do. Okay. Hey, you see this story, and this is at the University of California, Davis. Um, you got all these rioters outside of Charlie Kirk speaking there from Turning Point USA. Mm -hmm. All I can think is, let's say it's some liberal commentator and the conservative group at the school decides we're going to get, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of people out. Mm -hmm. And they're going to pepper spray the liberals walking into this event mm -hmm. and throwing eggs at them and yelling slurs at them. What would happen? Oh, it's, it's an insurrection. This is. Oh, yeah. Th be this doing is time. You know, Trump is no longer president, but this is still Trump's America. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> They would you be know what we call it, it now with it, with it being the same protest for any conservative speaker? Huh. Wednesday. Yeah. That's oh, it. That That's it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Can they come up with something new? They're supposed to be creative. What was that anyway? What was the start? I didn't understand the start of it. Well, I, I, we want something. something. When do we want if, it? If now? we don't then, get it, shut it down. And then shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the school released a statement. Uh, outside, 100 protesters gathered for 
brief times blocked the main event mm-hmm. entrance and the pathway to the entrance. One officer sustained an injury when he was jumped on from behind and pushed to the ground, and two people were arrested and taken to, check it, Yolo County Jail for allegedly painting graffiti on an exterior wall of the university credit union center where the event was held. You saw some videos posted to social media, some rioters kicking in glass windows, other reports show the group throwing eggs, other stuff at people. Um, and then trying to pepper spray the attendees. Yeah, no, th- this is this is the time when you need to start really taking batons to the backs of the skulls here. Wouldn't bother me. Serious? No, it's like, all. hey, if you're there holding a sign and you're protesting or whatever, I think you're an idiot. But th- whatever, you start throwing eggs, you start throwing bricks, you start kicking in windows, you start trying to assault people, you are getting a baton straight to the back of the skull. I don't understand how this is put up with. Yeah like this all the time. I mean, we ought to, uh, for events like these, to provide security, we, are to, we ought to start getting those five cops from Memphis on work release. Just show <laughs> up and just start beating the crap out of people. This stuff has to stop. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, too, these are some of the same people, right, that are, you know, so afraid of getting spooked by clapping, they do the snapping fingers thing <laughs> right. that we were talking about yesterday. Have that audio, yeah. And then, well, when you know there's no downside to the idiocy, you just keep doing it. I guess. What are they going to do? Yeah. Arrest me for five hours. I turn right around. I'm out, and I get fined. A, you know, 150 bucks or whatever. No. I don't care. And somebody else will pay for it. Hey, there's dog news out there. Did it, you see this? No. First time in three decades, the United States has a new favorite dog. Oh, it was the Beagle, right, for so long? Is that right? It was a lab. 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 Okay, Beagle now? Uh, no. Oh. No. Poodle. I don't. Beagle's eight. It's not the Poodle. Cocker Spaniel. Nope. Damn. Three-hour show, man. Keep going. Ah. <laughs> German Shepherd. Uh, that's fourth. I'll guess uh, Pug. French Bulldogs. French Bulldogs, yeah. Yes. Who was just complaining about the Bulldogs? Yeah, they can't breathe or something. And, yeah, it was you know, PETA. They were mad at Georgia for having a Bulldog. <laughs> In order for them to procreate, you have News to. update next. As always, thank you very much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, in the Queen T-shirt, Scott Robbins. Okay. So if you want to be a good parent, uh, this lieutenant governor from the state of Minnesota has some tips. Yeah. Uh, So I think we talked about this last week, that the governor of Minnesota signed an executive order declaring that the state is a sanctuary for child sex changes. Hey, if you're from one of these evil states that says it's a bad idea to lop off the genitals of a healthy young child, uh, then you can come to Minnesota, and we'll do it for you. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, The lieutenant governor 
says letting your kids mangle their genitals is all part of being a good parent. Get a load of this. This is life-affirming and life-saving health care. No, it's not. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. Got that, David? Your daughter's uh, a dinosaur. Uh, she is a dinosaur. She loves being a dinosaur. She's got quite the growl. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find a doctor that will staple a tail to her, but <laughs> I live in one of these backwards red states. Golly. It just won't let me do it. Unloving. Okay. Yes. That's what it means to be a good parent. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Start lecturing me now on being a good parent. Yeah. The good parent who wants their children's genitals mutilated. Okay. It's, isn't okay. it so strange how quickly every Democrat, it seems, has just come together and said, yes, this is what we need to do? I mean, I honestly, I know in like a year or so, most of mainstream media will be where we are now. And yeah, have been, yeah, two years probably. Yeah, somewhere around somewhere there. in there. Yeah, yeah, where they're going to say, you know what, this was a huge mistake. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that we let kids do this and defended this. And they are going to try to weasel out of accountability. Never, ever forget who was on the side of castrating or otherwise mangling children in the name of woke ideology. Never forget that, and never forgive it. You know, for these people, the Democratic Party is a religion. Wokeness is a religion. So where it used to be sane people in that party have now gone full woke, it's because that's their God. Whatever the Democratic Party tells them to parrot, they have no freaking soul. They just go out and do it because that's their God. I'm convinced of that. They've lost all sense of right and wrong. I don't know how else to explain it. Because if you're trying to come at this, and this is the way you know, they do it, is to say it's, it's the most loving thing you can do is, is being affirming. Well, honestly, let's say this is your child, okay? And you want to treat that child in the most loving way possible. And they say, uh, let's say, for instance, it's a 12-year-old girl who tells her parents, I'm actually a boy. And I've always felt like I was a boy even though she had never said it before, but just started hanging out with some people and a couple of them say they're boys too, okay? And you look at it and you think, okay, I know by percentages that if you line up 20 of these kids that right now are little girls but say they're actually trapped in a girl's body and they're boys, and you know statistically at least 17 of the 20, by the time they're 18, will have those thoughts no longer and will not struggle with any confusion at all, and know that they're a girl and be fine with it. You know that 17 out of 20 are going that way, and you want to be a loving parent. Are you telling me the most loving thing you could do is take them to a doctor that's going to, after one visit, prescribe puberty blockers? And then say, you know what? The next step should be, we should cut our breasts off. You're really going to tell me that's the most loving thing that you can do as a parent? If so, you need to undergo an evaluation, okay?
because you've lost your mind. That's evil. Mm-hmm. Who could sit there and say that is a loving thing to do, knowing the statistics? But they never want to talk about the statistics. There's no money in that. Well, of course not. <laughs> and in the end, what does it tell you? They really don't care you know, about the kids and their well-being. Because if they did, they would do the right thing, but they don't. Your old daddy or grandpappy used to tell you, follow the money, son. <laughs> and it's true almost 100% of the time. But, I mean, I'm trying. Seriously, man. I think there are some people that are brainwashed by media and what they take in. That they're convinced this is the most loving thing to do. Yeah. And for those people, you want to say, let's talk about loving. Well, you got Good people night. with big platforms like that saying those things. Yes. Yes. Gosh. It's despicable. All right, I know we got to move on. It's that time of the show. We're always looking at all these stories out there. And it may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? <laughs> well, it has to do with the potential 2024 Republican presidential primary. All right. Let me tell you, man, we got a heavy hitter here. Chris Christie says that he is going to decide on a White House bid in 45 to 60 days. No, no, no. Yeah, let me let me cut to the chase here, Chris. Uh, your day is done. Sorry, yeah. Trump broke you, and you'll you're never going to get the nomination. No. So thanks for everything. Bye. I mean, I just when I see a story like this, and I don't know if he's going to run or not. It seems like he is trying to gear up for a run. Uh, <laughs> I just remember the campaign event that he appeared at with Donald Trump during the first go-around uh, after he had been, you know, pushed off the debate stage. Yep. And Chris Christie introduced Donald Trump. And when Chris Christie was done talking, Trump could be heard on a hot mic saying, hey, Chris, all right, there's the plane. It's over there. Get on it. Like, just, all right, go, go away now. You're, you're yeah. fine. I mean, and he Appreciate did it. Just like a lost little sad puppy dog. Yes. Big tough guy, right? And No, he got completely broken down by Donald Trump. He also has another distinction that makes him almost unwinnable. Um, at one point in time, there's a particular radio personality that said, that's my guy. I think he's going to win it <laughs> in 2016. There we go. I sure. can't remember who it was. There you have the audio. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't remember who that was. Shut up. <laughs> yes, you can. That was when we were debating Bridgegate at the I time. I thought he was poised to do something big with his life. I thought the bridge thing was going to sink get him. Big with his life. And you said the bridge thing was going to be no. gone in a week. I think he should join the uh, Democrat side, running the primary with Pritzker as the body positivity. That's pretty good. Okay, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story comes today from Virginia. A Virginia man was arrested last week after shining a laser pointer at a police helicopter after they were actively searching for another person. Fairfax County Police said uh, the helicopter was helping the Virginia State Police search for someone who ran from them, and they were looking for him. While in pursuit, the helicopter's crew saw someone pointing a laser at the chopper, at the chopper from an apartment complex. Using the aircraft's 
something called the FLIR system, they discovered the laser was coming from a balcony of an apartment in Ashland Woods area. So they pinpointed where it was coming from. Cops came around and they arrested this idiot. <laughs> Detectives from Fairfax County Special Investigative Unit identified him as a 25-year-old man. He was arrested for interference with an operation of an aircraft, which, of course, is a misdemeanor in the Commonwealth, and will be tried accordingly. Not a lot of information on this guy, so I'm a little constrained to use logic here, I guess. Are there any types of people who would generally disrespect police and would have an apartment complex in the suburb of D.C.? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> there may be several suspects there. God dang it. Uh, for my story... Uh, you should know this. Your organized pantry is rooted in racism and sexism. The one where you put all the canned food items and yeah, where you have jars of peaches and things like that? Yes. Okay. I saw this at Daily Wire. Uh, this was actually a piece written in The Conversation from Loyola University, Chicago, marketing professor Jenna Drenton. Surprises came out of a university. Of course it did. Shocked, even. Mm -hmm. uh, she said that the trend was similar to the desire for niceness which was rooted in racism and sexism. Uh, quote, in today's consumer culture, a place for everything and everything in its place isn't just a mantra. It's big business. Nowhere is this more evident than the kitchen pantry. As someone who studies digital consumer culture, I've noticed an uptick in glamorized, stylized, and fully stocked pantries on TikTok and Instagram, giving rise to a content genre I dub pantry porn. Yes. Pantry porn? Jenna writes on. Yeah, she says how pantries emerged as a status symbol in the 1800s and became more, you know, middle class in the 20th century, but said modern celebrity culture has made the pantry a status symbol once again. And she said, uh, storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color coordinating dozens of sprinkles containers may seem trivial. But tidiness is tangled up with status, and messiness is loaded with assumptions about personal responsibility and respectability. Cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism <laughs> to reinforce status distinctions based on a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards and nice houses make for nice neighborhoods. What lies beneath that? Racism! You're kidding me. I'm not. I mean, we're all here to learn, right? So I thought we'd learn from this genius. What lies beneath the surface of the anti-messiness, pro-niceness dance is a, his is a history of classist, racist, and sexist social structures. She says, in my research, Jenna Loyola, influencers who produce pantry porn are predominantly white women who demonstrate what it looks like to maintain a nice home by creating a new status symbol, the perfectly organized, fully stocked pantry. Wow. Mm-hmm. She talked about magazines like Good Housekeeping, once the brokers of domestic work. Now online pantry porn sets the aspirational standard for becoming an ideal mom, ideal wife, and ideal woman. This grew out of a shift toward an intensive mothering ideology that equates being a good mom with time-intensive, labor-intensive, financially expensive care work. Hmm. Okay. 
What a bunch of gobbledygook that is. I, I would bet good money that the local animal shelter doesn't adopt out cats to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, being a good mom, time intensive. Well, it does take time to be a good mom. Yeah. You can't phone that one in. Same thing with being a dad. Uh, labor intensive. I think you could argue, yes, it's a heck of a lot of work. That's why great moms should be admired. Financially expensive care work. Well, they do the list every year of what a stay-at-home mom would make if that was actually considered a job, and it's usually over one hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. So, what is it really about with this woman? I don't know. Not a mind reader, but I think you could guess. Well, pantry porn is such a weird way of describing it. Yeah. It's like somebody doing a movie inside a pantry where she started canning tomatoes. And <laughs> One thing led to another. To another, and yeah. <laughs> well, then she says, and then the pressure to curate a perfect pantry might make some women work overtime. It's not dudes out there saying, I want my pantry and I want the spices to match in these jars. No. But if women are largely responsible for the work required to maintain the perfectly organized pantry, it's critical to ask, easier for whom? Listen, it sounds like you're a miserable woman. Oh, miserable. And we're here to help. It's just three yeah. dudes. That sad face is not going to attract dudes. <laughs> not a good man, anyway. Miserable and messy, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Nobody wants that, along with your eight cats. <laughs> We're here to help. Call us anytime. Well, that's a Netflix series, though, Pantry Porn, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Okay, there's a reporter that got fired for attacking Ron DeSantis. Interesting. Um, and there's a new trend we got to get to. Giving someone a thumbs down instead of a finger. We'll get to it all coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Interesting story. What happened here, David? Yeah, there was a reporter for Axios who was fired after he went after Ron DeSantis in an email. So uh, there was a press release that was sent out by the governor's office regarding a Department of Education event hosted by Governor DeSantis. Now, according to the release, the event is titled Exposing the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Scam in Higher Education. He's, he is aggressively going after the DEI scam that is leading to higher and higher costs in higher education. Uh, and Axios reporter Ben Montgomery wrote in response, this is propaganda, not a press release. He's Ooh. been fired. Well, and, and part of it's because he doesn't understand how the English language works, because, yes, a press release is literally propaganda. I know that that always has negative connotations, that word mm -hmm. propaganda, but... It is actually, yes, a press release is propaganda <laughs> by the dictionary definition. But also, that's completely unprofessional. And, yeah, you get fired for that stuff. Wow. But of course, okay. I'm surprised that it's Axios because it seems like there's been a lot of reporters that have done far worse. Yeah. And so then I wonder, okay, was there some sort of history with this guy? Or do you think that alone 
would have got him fired from Axios. In a, in a sane world, and it used to be the case, if you did right. something like that, yes, you get fired. Uh, but uh, there, there must have been something else going on. Like a, a history of of this type of unprofessional behavior, then it gets blasted out to the world, and of course the lefties are like, Thing- "DeSantis is getting reporters fired." <laughs> <laughs> no, Axios made the decision. They just said, "Hey, is this journalism?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder if there's going to be something to that in the future. We'll see. (laughs) And it is true there's a new trend, at least with the younger set. Not flipping someone off on the road, but giving them a thumbs down. I say mock clap. Nice job. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. There's a lot going on. You got some financial issues with the banks. We know all about that. Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more about Joe Biden running again in 2024. Mm-hmm. And if you'd go back six months ago, Scott, what would you have said six months ago? No. There's no way. There's no way. The Democrats already have it out for him. Mm-hmm. Dude, he, he's got no support anywhere. But all of a sudden, that's changing. Yeah, and part of the guard is saying, "Hey, this is our guy now. We got to roll with this thing, and you got to get behind Kamala too." Yeah, but how do you make that better? Well, I, I I think part of it is you just go out and lie about the state of things. I mean, that's what they've been doing economically. They've been saying, you know, hey, we've been lowering energy prices for Americans, and everybody's like, "Well, wait a minute, that doesn't reflect what my bill says and has said uh, for the last year." Um, I think the midterms really changed a lot in terms of the Democrats thinking about uh, 2024. If it had been, I agree. You know, if they had lost the Senate, certainly uh, we would have started seeing uh, more knives out for Joe Biden. But since that didn't happen, uh, then yeah, the Democrats are like, okay, well, it wasn't as bad as we were thinking it was going to be. So I guess Joe Biden's going to be our guy because who else is coming up behind him? Man. It's something. It's going to be something to see. I mean, thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. I mean, it, dude, it's something every week. <laughs> if it's not Dr. Pepper, it's uh, precision jobs. Raise the cost of precision jobs. I will veto. Never seems to end. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Wall Street Journal had this <laughs> opinion piece today saying, well, Democrats fear the truth about his presidential run. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just too afraid to say anything, especially when you're talking about Kamala, too. And they lay out the four reasons he really shouldn't run. One, because it's all the gaffes, and it's getting worse. And, I mean, his age, everyone sees it. It's not like there's a slip every once in a while. They can't put him out there. Every week would be you, would would we the all And no, it's not a stutter. He didn't talk like that ten years ago. (laughs) No, he didn't. 
He didn't, he didn't talk. He didn't talk like that. You know, five years ago. No. Well, we played that clip where we was talking about gay marriage from '06. Yeah. And I, now, granted, that was a few years ago, but he sounds like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he does. Like coherent and somewhat sharp and. Yeah. Able to conjugate words. And, and I mean, trying yeah. to say now that he supported gay marriage when he was in high school? Yeah. In 1950. He's a pathological yeah. liar. Yeah, he is. <laughs> There's no other way around that. Yeah. And you can say, well, other politicians are liars, too. Yes, they are, but still, man. I mean, these are easily provable, one after another after another. And when he no. lies, he only lies about people who are dead, and they can't come back and say anything. To the contrary. He does that a lot. Trying to think of them all. There's a lot. He's lied about. You probably his, have something to do that. His son. He's lied about his dad. Yes. He's lied about, you know, it just goes on and on. Another reason they give is the economy has been the worst performing of any Democratic president since Jimmy Carter, and we know that. Um, third, while you know the hacks in the news media would have you believe that the president has significant legislative accomplishments, since that is a hard case to make. Infrastructure bill was a consensus bipartisan bill. That yeah. was years in the making. Okay. The CHIPS Act. Okay. That was going to happen with or without. It's not like Joe Biden had that as a signature legislative piece. The Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, boy. Well, heck of a job reducing inflation, huh? <laughs> it's a joke. And then they also lay out uh, Biden promised to govern as a centrist. Seriously, I guess right now, now you had the media going after Trump like they did. So, of course, he became a very divisive figure. Mm-hmm. Obama was a divisive figure. Uh, people hated George W. Bush, but I mean, there seems to be like love for him now compared. Yeah. yeah. So, if you had to rank the most divisive between Trump, Biden, and Obama, where do you stack it? I We're mean, more divided now than ever in my lifetime. Yeah, I think uh, to me, Obama's out of the out of the running. W George W is out of the out of the running, and it is between Trump and Joe Biden. And I think part of it, you know, with with Joe Biden, I would give him kind of the edge in terms of uh, more divisive because of that speech he did in Philadelphia, where he was oh calling, the speech of doom with the red yeah when he when he's calling MAGA voters MAGA Republicans uh, enemies of the state absolutely and everything with COVID and it's you know a pandemic of the unvaccinated yeah. you dirty people he blamed people who didn't get this vaccine uh, for inflation <laughs> that's right he did mm-hmm. yeah there's quite a track record there so yeah there's some problems there no doubt about it. Something else I saw, Wall Street Journal, real quick, that I think you would like. A lot of people like this story. More and more students turning away from college and toward apprenticeships. I, I saw this it. story last yeah. night. Yeah. Um, it says some white-collar training programs have become as selective as Ivy League uh, universities. That I was not aware of until no. this piece. But I know, I mean, college admissions are down all over the place. And part of the reason are people are starting to wake up to the fact of you're going to be going in debt. And what for? Yeah. If you're not going to be able to get a job that's actually going to pay you. And with apprenticeships, I mean, think of it this way. There are a lot of different businesses where I understand 
going to classes, learning that part of the trade is crucial. And I'm thinking medical field, things like that. There are a whole lot of other jobs. You will learn a lot more in apprenticeships than you will in a classroom. Oh, absolutely. And that's not to just pile on to people teaching at colleges saying, hey, you never made it. Because there are some colleges where people actually were incredibly successful and then wanted to teach afterwards. So I'm not going broad brush there. But I mean, well, I mean, certainly in this business, you know this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. I mean, what does a four-year degree do for you? You know, as a writer or, you know, as someone that's going into media, you learn on the job, not yeah. in the class. Yeah. I mean, there's only one of us that went to university. I went to a one-year radio school. It's like a business school. Talked about it before. It's kind of a joke. David, you actually have a college degree. Yeah. Okay. Was it, I mean, huge as far as you starting your career, or could you have done it without any school? Um, I think, you know, I was in a unique situation because I I went to the University of North Texas, and they do have, like, a real radio station that they run out of there where it's not just, you know, you're not not just running an automation system, but you're actually on the air. It's a a full-power, 100,000-watt FM station. You are actually broadcasting in Market 5. Um, and so that, I think, going to college and getting into that program was very, very beneficial. But if I had just gotten that piece of paper, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be screwed. I would never be working in the industry. I know yeah. that just based off of a lot of the people that I graduated with. I was going to ask. So a lot of them in the field? Nope. There's a few. Right. Successful? Um, like hosting their own thing, doing their own thing. Yeah, there's there's one other guy that I went to school with who I would Out of say how many is, people? Uh, just in oh geez, on the broadcast media side of things, probably I'd say thirty to forty that yeah. I knew. Think about that, everybody that's signing up and knowing how much debt they're going to go yeah. into. And there's a 1 in 35 chance that you'll be doing this in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Who would ever do that? No, no, it's incredibly stupid. It's a racket. Yeah. So I was glad to see that story. All right, you have an update on Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marianne Williamson uh, is running for president. She is primarying Joe Biden, primarying uh, Joe Biden. Uh, she's the faith healer lady. She's just this. She's a weirdo. She's a she's a motivational speaker, but Politico. But if you were single and she wanted to go on a date, oh, you're I'd, dating her. I'd let her ruin my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I. It's a weird thing with the older ladies and David. Hey man, look, I can't help it. She's a dish. All right. It's, <laughs> she's I'm not, not just, saying there's anything wrong with it. It's a, just different. Marianne Williamson is not just a snack. She's the whole damn meal. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's, wow. it's really interesting because you also, you look at her and you know she's nuts and you know that she would ruin your life. And some people say, well, that's sexist. Why are you me, 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 me? Well, Politico has a new story about her uh, presidential run back in 2020 that I find very endearing. And it backs up exactly my impression of Marianne Williamson. Uh, oh, wow. Interviews with 12 people who worked for her uh, painted a picture of a boss who can be verbally and emotionally abusive. It would be foaming, spitting, uncontrollable rage, said a former staffer. Uh, It was traumatic, and the experience in the end was terrifying. So what does this mean? 
Let's get well, to hold some on of a second. She's all about the Department of Peace. Yeah. Not of defense, but of peace. But she's also a crazy person. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Williamson would throw her phone at staffers. According to three of those former staffers, the outbursts would be so loud that two former aides recounted at least four occasions when hotel staff knocked on the door to check on the situation. (laughs) In one instance, she got so angry about the logistics of a campaign trip to South Carolina that she felt was poorly planned that she pounded a car door until her hand started to swell. She had to go to an urgent care facility because she was just wailing on the door. Holy smokes. Like, it, also, if, they, if the staff booked a hotel room that had a walk-in shower but not a bathtub, yeah. she would flip out on them. Uh, she would make fun of staffers if they were overweight. <laughs> this is fascinating. Wow, Would man. you have ever guessed that? No, no, no. Uh, no, no. I thought she was all trippy and... Yeah, yeah. like oh, no. just all cool and peaceful. Lava all lamps that. and, I, you know, Yanni playing. Yeah. What I would say, a six-month relationship with Marianne Williamson would ruin my life. I know it would ruin my life. I'm, I'm not... There's no hyperbole there. Well, there's a lot of passion in that anger. Uh, yes, and it there needs is. to be taken out on someone, David. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd be living in a dumpster, but <laughs> but what a ride that would be. Uh, Last time she ran, didn't she? Didn't somebody put part of her to a beat, like music, something like that? Do we have that? Americans are slow to wake up. Once we do wake up, we slam it like nobody's business. Slam it. Slam it. Slam it. That's what David was hoping for. Slam it. I'm running for president because it is time for this generation of Americans to slam it. That's right. Now, Williamson, for her part, holy smokes, she denied ever throwing a phone at staffers, but she did say, yeah, I did have to go to the urgent care after getting upset and hitting my hand on that car door. But I love this quote. Love this quote. But a car door is not a person. I would never be physically hurtful to a person. <laughs> because a person wasn't handy. The car was. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm oh. sure she'd give you the safe word, David. <laughs> chakra. 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 Okay. <laughs> Got to get to a news update involving... Ron DeSantis and eating pudding with his fingers. <laughs> Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What's the story with Ron DeSantis and the pudding? Oh, yeah. Well, the walls are closing in now, fellas. I don't know if you knew about this. Yeah. Did you say pudding? Yeah. Pudding. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, was the subject of a piece in the Daily Beast. Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) And and they were talking about how the Florida governor might have trouble if he runs for president because he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't, uh, whatever, shake hands and kiss babies very well. On the stump. You know, he doesn't okay. have that interpersonal, he'd rather get back to work and whatnot than, you know, glad hand and whatnot. Well, and they, they talk about some of the unflattering things that Ron DeSantis has done. Uh, apparently, he likes to eat uh, in meetings sometimes. Uh, apparently, uh, like a starving animal 
a former DeSantis uh, staffer, told the Daily Beast. I'm guessing that that staffer did not leave on the best of terms. Probably. We've got some so bitter here, The oppo research is already happening. In oh, there. yeah. And One the, of the first things is he eats like a slob. Is that what we're yeah, that, that, taking from this? That's what we've got. And okay. apparently there was a trip in 2019 where DeSantis enjoyed a chocolate pudding dessert by eating it with three of his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got no utensil, I get you, know, it. you don't have a spoon. I, what oh, are you yeah. supposed to do? I don't know if I want to argue this or not because I feel like we're just going right in this and <laughs> giving it some sort of validity. I don't know, man. I don't know if you go three deep in there <laughs> and scooping it out with your fingers in front of people. Again, I mean, you, you have to. I mean, how it. hungry are you? How you gotta, long have you gone without food? Got to play the hand you're dealt, man. Got <laughs> <laughs> no utensil here. That tells me that's a man who's not afraid to get his hands dirty. No, not at all. <laughs> to okay. accomplish a goal. If that's in front of your family or just your buddies, I, I want to know the entire story now. <laughs> well, the problem Trump had was he was trying to entice people to eat with their hands, and he had a problem with that. <laughs> well, Trump, dude, you know he's going to be all over that. Oh, absolutely. remember that with Kasich? He's yeah. a germaphobe too. Yeah. Oh. I have never seen. <laughs> A human being eat in such a disgusting fashion. So you know it's coming. There was the deal at the breakfast with the pancakes. <laughs> this guy takes a pancake and he's shoving it in his mouth. He's like, it's disgusting. Yeah. I remember, you know, in that campaign, it was one thing after another, and it's easy for me to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Because remember... Was it the former Miss World or Miss something he had because Trump sponsored the pageant? Yeah, Miss Universe. <laughs> Alicia Machado. Yeah. It said she had gained a bunch of weight. They yeah. called her an eating machine. She gained about 55 pounds in a period of nine months. She, she was like that? an eating machine. She was like an eating machine. Yeah. I like that. And on Fox and Friends, was it Ainsley asking, like, is there any truth to this? And she just, he just goes, well, she gained a massive amount of weight. It was a real problem. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, that actually is a problem in the beauty pageant world, but that was supposed to be, like, this horrible thing. I'll never forget when we were doing the bit and the lady called us that was a beauty contestant yeah. and had won something and said, yeah, it's kind of in your contract. you yeah. got to stay yeah. in shape. Yeah. Just would have eaten pudding with her fingers. Had <laughs> this lady out there going, he called me Miss Piggy, Miss Eating Machine. <laughs> yeah, she showed up at Hillary's rally. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. <laughs> yes, I gotta find that clip because the way she said it was so funny. <laughs> and you, you do the accent so well, David. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, speaking of Trump, Michael Cohen in the news. Yeah, Michael Cohen's in the news now um, because I guess he's testifying in this uh, Manhattan DA case, uh, the Stormy Daniels thing. Right. That's still going on because liberals uh. are idiots and they're they're obsessed with Trump. Um, and so Michael Cohen is out there saying, don't you dare question my integrity, okay? And then he quotes the Buddha. <laughs> Buddha? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got to get to that. Oh, and another clip from Kamala Harris you got to hear straight ahead.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is just housing Werther's Originals on Capitol Hill today. (laughs) 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 She's, She's testifying in front of the Senate today. Yes. Uh, and she says the American banking system remains strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's being asked about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and others and the financial crisis that we are obviously heading into with people not able to pay their bills. I mean, it's like, what was it? 50 million American families are behind on rent still? Unreal, dude. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. out, what's happening out there right now? Uh and now, you know, because of layoffs in the tech sector primarily, you've got issues there, you've got banks failing and all that stuff. And so Senator Tim Scott, Republican out of South Carolina, asked her a question about whether or not the Biden administration is taking any responsibility for any of these issues that are happening right now. And here here's here's this exchange. Secretary Yellen Will this administration acknowledge that their reckless tax and spending contributed to not only the challenges that we see in everyday households, but also to the challenges that we're facing today with SVB? Look, inflation is too high, and it is the president's top priority to bring it down. And there are many contributors to why inflation is too high. Importantly, fallout from the pandemic and Russia's war on Ukraine oh, that boosted buddy. food and energy prices. Many countries around the world suffer from the same problem. You know what? I can't. I can't anymore with these people. I just can't. I wish I was there. That way you could play the clip. No, remember, you didn't understand inflation. You didn't get it. It was going to be transitory. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand supply chain? Um, Look, I I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I at the time didn't fully understand. But we recognize that now. But people tried to tell you. Yeah. So that means you can't have the job anymore (laughs) if there was any justice. No. But you're the one to go out and calm people's fears. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it before. <laughs> Imagine going in at halftime, getting smoked by 20 points, and the coach says, I didn't understand their zone in the moment. <laughs> we ran the wrong offense for the better part of the first half, yeah, but you're trust fired. me. You're out. Yeah, right. That's going to put a lot of belief in the players. Oh, we're following them. Go through a wall for them. Are you kidding? You don't know what you're doing. You know, son, if you put your nose to the grindstone and work very, very, very hard and fail at everything, you too can be a member of the presidential cabinet. <laughs> you don't even have to work hard. Yeah. You got to work hard at failing. Just, just identify as a dolphin or something. Do that. <laughs> you're the secretary Willie of Brown, whatever. Yeah. The glass ceiling in our aquarium has been busted. <laughs> <laughs> the first dolphin secretary of state. <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, we got an update on Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. You had another clip because she did the interview, right? Yeah, she did an interview on Stephen Colbert's show, and he oh, just God. asked her point blank, hey, 
what is it <clears throat> that you do as vice president? Well, this ought to be good. And she can't answer the question. Oh, my gosh. Did you send me this? I, I do. I have yeah. it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. I can't wait to hear yeah. this. Roll it. Well, I have the great privilege of serving with Joe Biden, who was president of the United States. No, he really do? is a true partner, and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. Yes. And yes. so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases, and let's figure out how between us we can do it. But Boy, this is a tough one today, man, for Robbins. It's yes. Thursday. I can see yeah. you're about ready to boil over. Yes. You just want an answer to the question. That's it. Stop with this. Well, she's tight. What do with Joe. you do? But he is um, an extraordinary leader, and I wish that people could see what I see because uh, there's only one person who sits behind that resolute desk. Okay, just to pause this for a second because we got plenty yeah. to go. This is part of the new tactic of trying to defend Joe Biden yeah. from everybody that says, okay, we got to get behind this guy and don't bring up his age. Okay, and talk about how he could outwork a 30-year-old. <laughs> That's seriously. It's like really overshooting the thing now. And the decisions that that person has to make are the decisions that nobody else in the country can make. And he's an extraordinary leader. <laughs> That's an, excellent, that's an excellent answer. Oh, my goodness. And the applause light yeah. goes on. Jeepers. And uh, the question was, what is the job of the vice president? <laughs> and your answer is part of the job, I'm guessing. Well, you know, my job is to do, I mean, for example, I'll tell you, um, I was recently in Munich at the Munich Security Conference. Yes. And, um, and the job there was to stand up. And as you know, most of my career I spent as a prosecutor. And... I declared that um, we, the United States of America, believe that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. Yes. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Can you imagine that, a job interview in the no, real world? No. no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you, Scott, on the, uh, on the hot seat here. Uh, you are a talk radio host. Explain to me what this job is. Well, I come in in the morning. And I talk to Jamie and David about what our goals are for that day. And I try to do everything I can to help accomplish those goals. And after that, I have lunch and go to the vending machine a couple of times. And sometimes I bring back stuff for David and Jamie. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> are you trying to go Kamala speak here? Right, exactly. Now, if you're going okay. Kamala speak, you got to say, well, I... I thought, I thought that's what you were asking me, so I, I was going to go Kamala speak <laughs> with you. I, I walk in every day, and I work with two of the the single best broadcasters <laughs> on the planet who have ever existed. You've never worked with anybody else. There's a lot better out there, I guarantee. You. And they, uh, they, they give me water and shelter. <laughs> no, but it's pretty straightforward. If you ask most Americans, well, yeah, what do you do right. for a living? They can say, well, I operate a forklift. And I, thought, I take pallets of goods yeah. from one area to another. I thought we were going comedy angle, though. So. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, people can describe what they do like your average day. And I would guess a real vice president, it varies day to day. It could be this. It could be that. But you would explain that in the answer. But she just goes back to the, you, you know, I was a prosecutor. What does that have to do with well, anything? She always goes back to resume. She always does. It's like words to fill up space. Right. When I, Well, yeah. By the way, and just so we all know this, uh the reason we criticize her is because we are not only sexist, but also 
racist. Because that's also back out there. Can't criticize her or you're sexist or racist. Okay. Yes. Which is so funny, man. Because the only reason she has the job is because she's not white. Because Biden said, I got to have a woman of color for the vice president. Yeah. That's the deal. Yes. And that's honestly the sad part. Well, why does Pete have a job? Box checker. Yes. Well, he liked trains, too. <laughs> he he liked trains since he was a kid. Times, yeah. yeah, that, too. Um, man, I saw this piece to share with you. It was America deserves to know who funded the BLM riots. I love this story. I love this story. It was in Newsweek. Yeah. Did that surprise you? I didn't even know Newsweek still existed, so yes. I just look at different stories online yeah, all no, over no, the place. No, no, no. I saw the same story. I and I saw that. I'm like, Newsweek, yeah. really? And it talks about how most Americans have happily moved on from the 2020 Black Lives Matter-driven ransacking of some 200 American cities, caused as much as $2 billion in property damage, at least 25 deaths. But it also goes on to talk about how companies and corporations pledged or contributed an astonishing $82.9 billion to the BLM movement and related causes. That includes more than $123 million to the BLM parent organizations directly. Did you know it was that much? No. Golly, that's a lot of cash. Dude. So I'm looking at this story, and I'm going through it, and it's talking about, well, where a lot of that money went. Some of it people will never know. But we know that, you know, there were some mansions bought. And there were some Black Lives Matter organizations, so the local chapters that were griping and moaning, hey, where's our money? Where is it? Yeah. Um, in this story, Alicia Garza, one of the other BLM co-founders, self-professed trained Marxist, um, has acknowledged that Black Lives Matter can't matter under capitalism. They're like oil and water. We're here to destroy the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's what it was basically always about. But it was a shakedown of these different companies like, you better get in line or we're coming after you. Yep. And it's amazing because then I started looking at the list that they actually gave of all of the different corporations and how much they gave to Black Lives Matter. It's astonishing. Mm -hmm. And if you want later, we can go through the list of some of them. But some were even surprising. And then you got to really look into it because some were going directly to Black Lives Matter. Others were, you know, for diversity in cities or, you know, yeah. um, just, you know, different, what did it say, neighborhoods that uh, could use, uh, you know, different programs for marginalized people, things like that. Because when I saw Chick-fil-A, like Chick-fil-A. That wasn't directly to Black Lives Matter, but it was other causes or related causes. Yeah. But as far as just to Black Lives Matter, you're still looking at a crazy amount of money. You know, it's tax season, and I would love to see Patrice Cullors' tax returns. That would be pretty cool. I mean, it really would be. How much taxes were paid based on what you made through BLM and the houses you bought and the property you own and the people that were on your payroll... Mm -hmm. And all this stuff. But yeah, back to the Newsweek thing saying that Americans deserve to know who funded this. 
Well, yeah, we do know. We need to know. I think we have the usual suspects, but still. Well, yeah, and you would guess, you know, a lot of banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, $30 billion racial equity commitment. Yeah. No, and and the, the crazy part with what some banks were doing, like Bank of America, <clears throat> is actually issuing subprime mortgages yes. to, yeah. to communities of color uh, to try to close the wealth gap or whatever. But it's like, you know, you realize that you're actually just... Uh, screwing over a whole lot of people by giving them money for homes they can't afford, right? Sure. I don't think they care. It's oh, just, man. hey, just stay off our back. We just right. want to make our money be left alone. Yes, oh, you want us to come to a ribbon cutting? You want a check? Fine. Just go away, leave oh, us alone. They could say, see what we've done? Look at all the great things we've done. Yes. And feel really good about it. Yeah, there's... You know, and other liberals are out there going, see, they're good people. Yeah. But that also has an influence because some people that were confused about what was going on, and you see, well, Coca-Cola gave this, and this bank gave this, and well, the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL, they gave oodles of cash to this. Yep. Uh, I guess there must be something Remember to other it. charitable organizations who have to disclose the percent, on the dollar how much of it actually goes to the charity? Then they have to, uh, to tell us where it went. Sure. Salvation Army, Red Cross, right. on and on it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except these guys. They don't have to do that. Yeah. And when it comes out, people are like, hey, where's our money? Right. On a lighter note, the average person needs to sleep with three pillows? What? I'm trying to think here. Okay, is there anybody on the show that sleeps with three? I do. Really? Yeah. How I, does this work? You stack them up and lay down yeah. and fall asleep. Yeah, I have two on either side. Doesn't that crank your neck? No, Not I have me, to have, no. I need a little bit of elevation. So do you sleep like with your chin down on your chest? How does that work? Not quite. No, no, it's just it it props the head up, but not too far up. Okay, so it's not like one between the legs or something like that. Oh no, no, I can't do that. Some people that helps with their back. Yeah. So do you do that? No, I have two pillows though. I'm no. waiting for the those aren't pillows joke. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it, please. <laughs> well. I just thought, you know, it's World Sleep Day, just so you know. But three pillows, I did not know that. No wonder that my pillow guy is raking in cash. (laughs) No kidding. Dang, man. Okay. Secret family recipes are in the news and a news update straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Uh-oh. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So they're Chinese companies that are shipping rifles and body armor to Russia. Yeah. You're saying a meeting with President Xi and Putin in Russia could be as early as next week? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Where's this all going? Well, I, I, I don't know. The history of, of China and Russia working together... It doesn't always seem to benefit Russia all that much because the Chinese like to screw them over. I mean, the, you got to think the Chinese government is is ruthlessly looking out for its own interests only, and yes. it's really not interested in. I, this is one of the reasons why I don't think that you know China has been all out 
in support of the Russian invasion of Ukraine because they want to give themselves an out if it goes south. The way I understand it, the Chinese thinking is this. We want a new world order. Mm-hmm. Okay, We have a common enemy, which is the United States. And Russia, you're going to need us because you need the weaponry. Because you're out. Yeah. But we can help you out with that. But make no mistake, we're going to be leading this new world order. Yeah. Because they have all the negotiating power in that deal right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes. No, oh, we're going to team up with Canada. That'll scare them. <laughs> <laughs> be sending them those uh, shop class teachers. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, on a much lighter note, I saw secret family recipes in the news. I'm thinking, yeah, man, there are some family recipes from, like, my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Great stuff. 25% of people say, well, it's probably likely a secret family recipe came from a cookbook. <laughs> Is that what you think? Is it plagiarized? Yes, but doesn't, like, every grandma, I mean, yeah, you could you start with it from the cookbook, but then you make it your own with your own sort of ingredients. Right. It's like having your favorite, favorite musical artist and you... You're influenced by... Fun. Yes, but yeah. you make it your own. Right. Don't tell me Grandma was like a cover band. I don't want to know that. <laughs> this is the Mark Van Camp Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we got a lot of things going on, especially in the financial world, as uh, we got another bank that's needing to be bailed out by its buddies. Uh, First Republic Bank is facing a crisis of confidence from investors and customers, and they're uh, talking uh, with several major banks uh, for some help to raise the necessary funds to stay open. Talking to J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup. Um, and so they're talking about a deal being announced maybe even today that these banks are going to provide the funds uh, for First Republic so it doesn't completely collapse here. Sort of like the Swiss bank came in to help. Swiss. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you got all of this going on and, of course, out-of-control inflation happening, uh, affecting Americans' pocketbooks. And when the banking sector is going down in flames with that, uh, it's not a good situation in America. Uh, The Treasury Secretary is testifying in front of the Senate today, and uh, she was asked specifically about inflation, and it's Senator Ron Johnson who's asking the questions here about what has driven inflation here in the United States. (laughs) This ought to be good. Would you agree those are the top three causes of inflation? Uh, Deficit spending, high energy costs, and supply dislocations? I don't believe that deficit spending is one of the main causes of inflation. You don't? Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. (laughs) Okay. 
You don't? <laughs> the what? way he said that yeah. is what made me laugh. And then knowing the reaction from the left, can you imagine MSNBC later? Yeah. Sexist, mansplained to the Treasure Secretary how this works? Right. I think she knows. Apparently not. Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. So when, when you're printing all this out, so do you know in the first three fiscal years of the Biden administration, you know how much the total deficit spending is going to be? We had um, an economic collapse that was caused by the Right, and we were, we were certainly coming out of that. Yeah. I mean... Not to be a broken record on this, but I remember we were talking about this before Joe Biden ever took office. There was not an economic collapse. The The thing is, is that the basic fundamentals of our economy, excuse me, were sound. What happened was a bunch of governors got way too much power and shut down businesses that were quote unquote non-essential. So a lot of people were out of work. But an economic collapse involves a systemic failure. There was no systemic failure in the economy. Uh, And we saw as states were reopening, things were coming back. Jobs were being refilled. People were going to be able to get on their feet. And I remember talking about it as Joe Biden was coming into office, saying the best thing this guy could do is nothing. And And he could take credit for it. I mean, he'd be lying about it, but I mean, that would probably be the best way of handling it moving forward, saying, okay, look look at all these jobs that got refilled, look, you know, the America's coming back and all this. But instead, they passed a $2 trillion spending plan that was called, ironically, the American Rescue Plan that threw gasoline on the fire. Uh, and made it a whole lot worse. We would still be dealing with inflation, that is true, but not without, like without the American Rescue Plan. And at the same time, this guy spent, actually it was the first day, went after oil and gas production in the United States, which put us in a position of out-of-control energy costs. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. It was predicted. And, but I mean, he had <laughs> promised the green people he was going to do that. Right. And fund all of these woke projects, which is what it was all about. But it was just disguised as this, well, we need to rescue the economy when they really didn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you sound like a broken record. You know, I also think, as we've said so many times, when you have, I mean, I don't even know the percentage, but of course millions of people in the United States that probably never heard it was a bad idea to do those spending packages or that it could cause inflation, that they were probably surprised when it happened. You knew it was going to come. It was talked about all the time. And I know I played this clip to death, but, dude, it tells you everything that this person is still up there trying to answer the questions. When Biden and Janet Yellen were saying... Inflation's going to be transitory. People are like, no, it's not. This is here. This is what happens when you flood the market with cash. And then she didn't she didn't understand it. I still can't hardly believe she actually admitted it. Um look, I, I think I was wrong then about um the path that inflation um would take and um supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly 
that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand, but we recognize that now. <laughs> Got it now. Oh, good. Dozens of people on cable news mm-hmm. understood it. That's what's so frustrating, man. So, yeah, here we are. Okay. Something else I happened to see out there. Um, this was Sasha Stone's Substack talking about January 6th. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting take on this. Um, it's all about the QAnon shaman. Good part of this piece talking about what we know now as opposed to at the very beginning or then as we come to know, you know, through the months and now years since it happened, what the truth was. But still, when we actually got to see the video, it did paint a certain picture that a lot of people did not know existed. And I don't think a lot of people all of a sudden came away from it saying, well, there was absolutely no crime there. Right. It was just sort of sightseeing. I don't know of anybody that thinks that. It's still sort of the same. Hey, if you assaulted a cop, you needed to go to jail. If you committed acts of vandalism, yeah, you should be prosecuted. But when the door is held open and somebody wanders in and stays there for a minute and leaves, and then they're facing a a year in jail, that's a head-scratcher for a lot of people. And so in the piece, talking about the QAnon shaman and... You know, this person is saying, I felt bad for Chansley. Um, Because as far as, you know, the media's version of who that guy was, yeah, that day, he had the face painted, he had the Viking horns, the whole bit, looking pretty crazy. But as she wrote, um, I knew that their version of Chansley was wrong, like their version of Trump was wrong. I knew because I had listened to an interview with him from prison last year. I knew if I said anything, I would be in real trouble, so I filed it away in a place I keep things I know will matter one day. She didn't even want to put it out there until she put it out on her substack. And see if you agree with this take. Chansley is a vegan, the kind of guy you'd see at Burning Man because it was the cool place to be. Like most Trump supporters, he hovers on the fringes of our society, at the opposite end of the spectrum of the do-gooders and eggheads that dominate our culture now. I don't know if I agree with that. Most Trump supporters don't act too crazy. They're just regular people. Yeah. And honestly, they're well, not going to go out and hold signs or be a part of a whole lot. They just want their government run a certain way. I've met right. some crazy Trump supporters. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're out there. But most Trump most supporters... Most of the time, they're just... Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, out of what? 70-some million people? Mm-hmm. Most are like this? No. I don't know about that. No. Oh, Burning Man would be a lot more popular if that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the other part she wrote. If you know anything about QAnon, I mean the real QAnon and not the media version, you know they're mostly yoga-oriented granola crunchers who, like so many of us on the left from the old days, grew up not trusting the government. Is that the way you see that? No. Okay. No, that's not the way I see it. But again, I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time doing the deep dive on QAnon. No, but th- you've read stories about yeah. the people that have been a part of it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know if I would say they're yoga-oriented granola crunchers. No. <laughs> that's, that seems completely different yeah. than what I had seen before. But just interesting, different takes after all of these videos are released and then wondering where is it going to go 
And do you think that dude is going to serve his entire time in jail, the QAnon shaman? Oh, I think he will. Yeah. I think he will, too. Wow. I mean, I, I realize. I Four mean, years? I, yeah, I think he will. They're going to. No. I think it, he's the poster boy for it, and yeah. uh, he's going to suffer the most. They need to make yes. an example out of people. Absolutely. That's what they're going to do. Okay. Moving on. On a lighter note, this I'm is about I'm going to dress like him on Halloween, though. Just, Dude, that would be legendary. I'm going to roll the dice. Yeah. Now, are you going to do any crunches before then? Or are you just going with the vest, no shirt underneath? I'm just going to walk down the street and watch liberals run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I saw this piece talking about parents saying, you know what? Uh, some of the household decisions we make, kids get to weigh in on. Yeah. And I'm thinking about my own childhood. Um. David, you can think about yours if it doesn't get too sad um, and see if you agree. Well, you got kids now, and you're going to have to make some of these decisions in the future. As far as a kid decorating their own room, yeah, they should have input on that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What to have for dinner? Within no. reason. Yeah, but, man, that's dicey. That didn't happen. No, not for me, no. What to watch on TV? That's just not ever how it ran. No, no. my parents were strict about that. No. no. What games or board games to play? No. Obviously, well. I didn't learn anything about that about my granddaughter a Ouija board. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, we. Yeah, I am. We had our own version of Scrabble, but we got it from the Goodwill, so it was missing half the letters. Oh gosh, See, it always gets sad we with David. A, we had Apple. I a shouldn't even bring up anything about <laughs> children parenting. <laughs> We had a version of chess that we made out of old cardboard boxes. That was nice. Yeah. No. How about kids deciding what movie to go see? I, as a kid, I never went to movies. Yeah, we we went to the Dollar Theater in a place that was like the, oh. the floors were always sticky. <laughs> See, I have a great memory of you Dad taking me to Smoking the Bandit. Really? See, I never. We never went to movies. Never. I think I was eight when I saw Jaws. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. But no, I mean, usually if the family wanted to see the movie, you were just going along. Yeah. You could make requests of something you wanted to see, but I don't know if that would have happened. And then did you get to pick the junk food that you buy at the grocery store? No. No. Man, people do that all the time now. Now they might did with my daughter, yeah. So she got to pick? She got to pick at least one thing, yeah. And it goes back to what David has said for a long time. <clears throat> at some point in time... We tried too much to be friends with the kids mm -hmm. instead of being parents. So I said, I'm not going to raise you like my old man did me. And I should have because it probably would have turned out eight, eight times better. Although it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine now for the record. Just saying. It was challenging. Wow, this really is the truth circle today. Um, speaking of food, the American diet has a sandwich problem. <laughs> we'll get to that in a news update next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Wow, this is interesting news out of Houston. Yeah. School a, takeover? Yeah, so this has been in the works for several years now, but uh, Houston Independent School District, it's the largest school district in the state of Texas, one of the largest in the nation. 
Um, it has had a ton of problems over the years. Uh, you've had a revolving door of administrators. You've had failing schools. I mean, it's just been a complete crap show. And you got stabbed. It, well, yeah, that <laughs> that was an HISD though. So okay, gotcha. Pass on that one. Um, no, there, no, but uh, now the state of Texas uh, has the green light and has started the process of taking over the school district, which, if you have paid attention to this at all, and I know we don't have the time to go into it, if you paid attention to it at all, you would know something has to change in that school district. They are failing way too many kids who are already uh, starting off life with an O2 count because of poverty. Mm-hmm. Something has to change. Uh, and the local leaders have not done it. Democrats in charge have not gotten it done. But national media comes in, and I'm looking at an article from CNN that was with an assist from the Associated Press. And the whole damn article is about how it's racist because it's mostly minority children. And oh, the, well, there's a lot of concern that the people who get put in positions of power will not reflect the diversity, equity, and inclusion goals that we've been trying to do. Well, your DEI goals have failed a whole lot of black kids in the city of Houston. So shut your mouth and let the adults take charge. Like people have said before, if you need life-saving surgery, are you concerned about diversity, equity, and inclusion when choosing your surgeon, or do you want the best one? I'd like to have the best one, thanks. Yeah. So would everybody. Yeah, if the guy that cracked my chest open, I don't know if I looked at his DEI score <laughs> yeah. before I let him crack my chest open, yes. So these children have been failed time and time again. Yeah. But we're worried about DEI right now. Yes. It's, well, that and the, that and the fact well, that the teachers union are saying, well, more funding is needed. They spend about $10,000 per student. Exactly. Exactly. And a significant percentage of those kids don't know how to read. Sorry. No, you failed. It's time for someone else to take control. And uh, <laughs> I love What about this. Biden's idea? You just need to get some social workers in right. there. Right, exactly. That's part we of it. We bring social know. workers into homes <laughs> and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. It's the same with the school. They don't know quite what to do. Get some help in there. Listen, That'll be fine. Listen to this. Well, isn't the state doing that? Yeah, listen to this, uh, this line from CNN's article. The, okay. interve- the intervention reflects yet another recent case of white Republican-appointed state officials trying to muscle control of key local power in cities with mostly Democratic black or brown leaders like Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Really? Remember that? They got millions and millions of dollars to upgrade their infrastructure, and they were still piping in poisoned water to people. This isn't about skin color. It's about failure and correcting failures. Period. Yep. But what do they do every time? Oh, it's racist. Yeah. Because they're and, lazy and stupid. And right. They need more money thrown at it. Yes. It's the same story over and over and over again. Because you can't defend the position with logic yeah. and reason. You this, can't do it. So get, you just scream racist like a child. Yeah, they get rid of the school board, too. Out you go. Everybody. Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day, if there is one. Probably it would be the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. Uh, going out there and saying that the economy is fine, even though you've got banks failing. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Remain this, calm. Yeah, this all is, is well. This is what makes me nor- more nervous than anything is seeing Janet Yellen and the rest of this clown car of mediocrity 
in the Biden administration rolling up and saying everything's fine. Because every time they say something's fine, the opposite is true. Yeah. That's what the financial leaders have actually said this week. The, you can tell they're panicking, which yeah. makes other people panic. Yeah. Wow. All right. We got to get to a news update. And Robbins, of course, you got your big three of the day. Some interesting stories in the trifecta coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, and another news update. David Van Camp. Hey, remember when Donald Trump was president and any time there was any sort of financial deal that may have happened in the past involving someone with a Russian last name and that was treated like obviously this was a payment to steal the election from Hillary Clinton because everybody knows Donald Trump was a Russian spy going back to 1989 or whatever. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do remember it well. The same people who were freaking out about that are oddly silent when it comes to the business dealings involving the crackhead son of President Joe Biden. And Joe oh, the Biden's. same people are actually saying, what is it with Republicans and their infatuation yeah. with Hunter Biden? Well, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee released financial records that revealed that a guy named Rob Walker a former business associate of Hunter Biden, used his company to transfer money from a Chinese energy company to Hunter Biden, James Biden, the president's brother, mm -hmm. uh, Hallie Biden, the widow of Bo Biden, uh, and an unknown Biden. Uh, according to the committee, on March 1st, 2017, less than two months after Joe Biden left public office, uh, Robinson Walker, LLC, got a $3 million wire from a state energy uh, company called HK Limited. Uh, the company then wired about a million dollars to a company associated with uh, this guy named James Gillier, who was a, a business partner of Hunter Biden and was involved yep. with foreign transactions of, with the Biden family. So long story short, uh, that money winds up getting funneled in smaller amounts to different Biden family members. <laughs> and some of it's this stuff filthy. actually tracks back to during the Obama administration when Joe Biden was actually vice president of the United States. Because he had the juice. And I wonder, because it seems like there were plenty of people that knew this. Because when you go back and you look at the stories when Hunter Biden was first talking with Burisma... The Obama administration was kind of freaking out. Yeah. According to the different reports that we've read. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This has got to be on the down low. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, as far as, you know, at least some Republicans have not been too quick to jump on this. And you always wonder if it goes back to Robbins talking about pitchers cheating in baseball with yeah. foreign substances. You don't want to call it out too much because you know your guys are doing it too. Oh, yeah. How many people have deals with some Chinese company that's getting money? You just wonder that. And it's laundered through something or someone or intermediaries or whatever, you know? Yeah. But in the end, 
you know, I know it sounds old school to say, the American people are the ones paying the price for this. But you know what? The American people are the ones paying the price for this. We're getting sold out. Certainly in this case. But, man. And then I go back to, okay, man, this is good news. I want this to come to the surface. And then I hear David in my head saying, nothing's going to happen. Oh, no, nothing's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't disagree with you either, David. I, it, I'm sure it won't. Yeah. And you know what? But damn, how do you keep ignoring this drumbeat? It gets louder and louder and louder. The thing is, if the Democrats would not have done as well as they did in the fall, I really believe it would have come out by now. Oh, I Because they would have so. turned on him. Yeah. Democratic power base would have turned on him. Man, that's interesting. Well, we'll see where this goes. Thanks for that update. You ready for your big three, Scott? Yeah, let's roll, man. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins top three of the day. Always help by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. I'm going to talk about salt here. Casey, do you have a lot of salt in your diet? Yes. Uh, I was afraid of that. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> three. Uh, number three, the World Health Organization says millennials are going to die because of too much salt. Millions of you are going to be dying for eating too much salt. Unless, of course, the hyper-popular government intervention happens. I mean, I don't want to defend salt. But I also don't agree it's the job of the federal government to tell me what I can and cannot eat. Well, what are they saying? They're saying they're going to start cracking down, man. You're going to put start saying you can only use so much salt in your pre-processed meals and also in restaurants. Are they going to crack down on the food industry? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, with the the pre-packaged meals, yes. Got it. They're going to crack down on them in restaurants and everywhere else, for that matter. They're going to get you to cut back on salt consumption one way or another. Now, I don't really care about that because there's not. I don't salt anything. I never have. I eat some things that are salty that I probably shouldn't. But, hey, man, if I'm Michael Moore right now, do you think I give a crap about any of this? I'm going to get the big Morton tub of salt out and just douse it on everything. I remember this has been years ago now. We're all doing the show, and I read this book called Sugar, Salt, Fat, and it was an eye-opener of you know how the different food companies you know, got people hooked on yeah, certain processed foods. foods. Yeah, yes, because it tastes good. Absolutely. Um, and I just happened to see this. Um, I was actually going to do this story anyway. It was a Wall Street Journal story: how the American diet has a sandwich problem. Okay, that's clickbait enough. I read the story. It's talking about Americans consuming too much sodium, sugar, and saturated fat, and that sandwiches are the number one source of sodium and saturated fat in Americans' diets. I did not know that. I didn't either. Okay, so it goes on to say the standard deli sandwich with processed meat and cheese. This was a quote from a cardiologist and professor of nutrition at Tufts University. said, you're literally eating a heart bomb. What? The standard deli sandwich? No. Okay. Of course, a lot of people eat sandwiches because it's convenient. And they're good. Yeah. They're tasty. Yeah. Like you're working through lunch or you're eating in your car or yeah. whatever. But this was the most interesting part to me. Says, Our sandwiches were not always this bad for us. They've grown less healthy in the past 40 years. So you've got highly processed grains in the bread. And then there was the low-fat push. 
in the 80s, yeah. which people say led to the consumption of more deli meats marketed as low-fat. <laughs> but one of the big deals is the sandwich's size. Oh, yeah. It ballooned. So a typical turkey sandwich in the 80s contained 320 calories. What do you think it contains today? Over 1,000, I'll bet. It's 820. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 320 to 820? Yeah. For your average turkey sandwich. Wow. And you think it's good because it's turkey. Right. Yes, but it, but it's just the size. Right. And I'll never forget our buddy Damon, the first time he toured Europe in a rock band. And he's like, bro, you know why Americans are so fat? It's portion size. Like, you, you go to all these different places, and it's like, I'm like, where's the rest of the food? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Jersey. Mike said it turned sideways to get the sub out. <laughs> and that like was a, just the appetizer. It's like a ladder. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. This guy, Robin Trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, Florida police arrested a naked guy from an alternate reality. Yeah, he was an alien. Uh, Worth Avenue, Palm Beach, Florida, hello, uh, was visited by an alien. It was a naked guy. And where are you from? Mm. I'm from a different Earth, Earthlings. On that, on his planet, uh, clothing is optional. He doesn't have to wear it on his. He doesn't know the rules of this planet, where you Got have to it. wear clothes. See, so it's not his fault. Right. Police were called to the upscale shopping and dining district by an employee of Habu Restaurant. There was a naked guy just walking around the establishment, genitals in full view. Oh. Customers trying to enjoy their meals. Mm. Palm Beach Police Department show up. They finally identified the naked guy as a 44-year-old guy named Jason Smith of West Palm Beach. And he wasn't, in fact, an alien from a different planet where clothing oh, is optional. That's just what they want you to think. Oh, I wonder if you could see his planet with the naked eye. Hello. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Appreciate you. Damn, Scott I should have got the who with that one, shouldn't I? <laughs> Top three of the day, up to number one. Number one. Uh, so boys got to compete against girls because they said they were girls at a track meet. And yep. then the boys who claimed they were girls taunted the actual girls after they stole a championship from them. Yeah, so this dude robs the girls of opportunities. He outmuscled them, and uh, he lorded over them afterwards. Here's what happened in Massachusetts. Chloe Barnes, a male, helped the Brookline girls win the high school state championship in the 4x200-meter relay. After doing this, Barnes, the boy who thinks he's a girl, said... Hey, for those of you who are mad at me about it, deal with it. You all just deal with it. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Brookline's coach was just as bad. He defended Barnes' decision to abandon the school's boys track team and join the girls squad as just one of those things. Okay. Now he's end zone dancing afterwards. It's fantastic. See, that goes to another level. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? it I, I agree with you. It does. I mean, dude... It was infuriating watching the swimming fiasco yes. in college a year ago. Yeah. That person was sort of like, hey, I'm just trying to live out my whatever. Not like, hey, deal. Yeah. I dominate. It's who I am. It's not like none of that nonsense. No. That raises it up. Right. It does. It ratchets things up. Okay. And then the coach backs your play. And so how did they finish on the boys track team, I wonder? Before they went to the girls' team. I'm guessing mediocre. 
at best. Yeah. yeah. Usually that's the case, right? I'm yes. telling you, man. Well, I the can't... swimmer was not very good on the boys' team, right? <clears throat> was middle of the pack kind of thing before he went on the girls' team? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still a D1 swimmer. I mean, you're good. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, you saw the length that that guy was winning by. Yeah, it was comical, man. It yeah. was crazy. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the for the boy who wants to play college basketball that, want, that says he's a girl and is going to play on the girls' team. There's one in Australia right now. Well, it's got to be happening here soon, doesn't it? Oh, sure. With all the woke universities? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll try to grab that story for you, honestly. Dude, that's happening now in Australia. They're going to scrub. They're going to wipe out all the female athletes. They're going to do it. I can't wait until the, the left embraces trans age. I'm going to freaking dominate T-ball. <laughs> and I'm not going I'm not going to be a good sport about it either. I'm going to be rocking doing line flips. drives and knocking these little kids over. Yeah. He's going to kiss his biceps <laughs> doing his dance. You throw the bat just admire it. Yeah. Good job. All right, Nimrods of the news and a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Scott, you mentioned wait till biological male wants to play basketball. I mentioned Australia. Yeah, in college. Yeah. Uh, more on that in a sec. News update, David Van Camp. It was uh, three years ago today that Anthony Fauci walked up to the White House podium. Donald Trump was standing to his left, smiling. And they announced 15 days to slow the spread. The small print here, it's really small print. In states with evidence of community transmission, bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate should be closed. I never shut anything down. (laughs) I just told people to shut down. That makes me ill. I was going to say, I detected the anger. I get a creepy yeah. feeling when I just, yeah, just. Yeah. Because golly. And knowing now what he knew then and the way he was playing it. Yep. Disgusting. It really is. Um, oh, the story about the biological male in Australia. Andrew Bogut, former NBA player. Yeah. He went out and spoke about it. Um. And, of course, the hate came down on him. For those not familiar with what's going on, I decided to put a tweet out last night and an Instagram post about NBL One South Women's League allowing a biological male to play in their league. And it's kind of a long statement, but he mentions... And I'm not afraid to speak about it. I think it needs to be discussed. Um, it has... This athlete in question has already played a game, from what I understand. Um, a friendly game against a team that had no idea it was going forward. Uh, they asked some questions apparently before the game. The game still went ahead. It's kind of like too bad. Deal with it. Just deal with it. And so, of course, and he mentions all the usual people come out. Bigot. Oh, yeah. Transphobe. Sure. Blah, 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 blah. I think he sort of answers that here. Video. I've got nothing against people that want to transition as adults. I've got nothing against what they want to do with their daily lives. I've got nothing against what they do in the bedroom. Don't care. None of my business. You're an adult. Go for your life. Do whatever makes you happy. If I see you in the street... I treat you just as any other person. I do have an issue, however, that you know you, you feel that you need to infiltrate female and women's sports, period. Um, and that, I thought, was well said, because that's most people. Yeah. 
the label gets thrown out there. Transphobe. This. You hate. Why all the hate? Anti-trans, blah, blah, blah. No. Live your life. Go ahead. You know, a couple of things. You're not playing women's sports. Two, stay away from the kids. That's it. That's all. Not that hard. But that's where the big debate comes. It's not going anywhere for a while. How long do you think before people come to their senses? Oh, I with think... With this thing? Because I get asked this all the time. How long is this going to go on? I think it's probably uh, one to two years out. Yeah. Because um, And the Democrats are leaning so hard into it, it's going to be interesting to watch them walk it back. But they're going to say, like, well, we always... Uh, you know, had questions about it, but you know, the conservative reaction to it is why we really wanted to defend this. All right. They're going to do that. Unreal. All right, let's get to Nimrod's Roll it up. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. This one's a head-scratcher. Guy in Georgia arrested for impersonating an officer. It turns out that he used to be a real cop, but was let go several weeks before. So the thing is, when he was caught, he was in uniform, just casually directing traffic. There were some officers in the area. They noticed he wasn't wearing a patch. So they said, hey, who are you? He said that he was an officer for this specific police department. They called to confirm, and that's when the official said, uh, no, he's no longer working here. No idea why he was out there <laughs> directing traffic. Well, trying to help. Somebody right. had to do it, right? I guess I mean, some people, they miss parts of their job. I guess he would, couldn't track down other crimes. He's like, I just missed this so much, I want to go out and direct traffic. So, yeah, he's in a bunch of trouble for that. You can't do that. It's like sometimes I like to walk into Burlington Coat Factory and rearrange the coats. Call back to a previous career. <laughs> I'm going to go find a Ponderosa and clear off the tables. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.